country things are about to go a little crazy so what we're gonna do is just keep on 
praying. That's what we're going to do. We're just going to keep on praying and seeking God and calling out to the Lord and uh, learning what it means to pray and really getting the most out of prayer that we can get. Okay, that's what we're talking about. We are on this beautiful journey of prayer and uh, we're talking about different ways uh, that God uses prayer and how we should pray and and what prayer really is. And today what I want to share with you is this. In prayer, in prayer, we come to listen. In prayer, we come to listen to God. Okay, just, just begin to think about that. In prayer, we come to listen. Two ears, one mouth should be a good indication to all of us. And when we come to God, we come to listen to God. We come to hear God. Solomon said that there is a time for everything under the sun. There's a time for all things under the sun. And when it comes to prayer, there is a time for lots of things to happen. And we've been like digging into some of these things along the way. We surrender to God in prayer. We say, God, here I am. I need you. I'm desperate for you, God. In prayer, uh, our eyes are open. God helps us to see who he is and what he's up to. And, and when we are looking into the word of God and we're praying to God, we begin to see God in a new way. In prayer, we do this like about face. We, we turn to God and say, God, you have my attention. You know, I'm going to stop going in that direction and I'm going to about face and I'm going to face you, God, and you have my attention. In prayer, the Holy Spirit that God sent onto the earth that dwells in people who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of the life, he helps us. The Holy Spirit helps us. In prayer, God, this is the most amazing part of prayer, God gives you his attention when you pray. When you call out to the Lord, the Lord listens and he hears your prayer. And there's so many other things that happen in prayer that we've been talking about over the last bunch of weeks. But to, today, what I want us to focus on, think about, meditate on, is the art of silence. The art of silence. Some of us are really good about silence. Some of us are not. We don't know how to stop talking, right? We don't, we don't know what to do in a group if it gets quiet. Freaks us out a little bit. We get a little nervous. But we need to work on the art of silence. Most of us are really good at talking, but how well do we really listen? If you want to know the answer to that question, go ask your husband or your wife. They'll be glad to tell you how well you listen. Okay? But what's more important than that is this. How well do you and I listen to God? How well do we listen to God? When you are, uh, when, you, when you get away and you think about prayer, you think about your prayer life, when you, when you take time to pray, how much of the, your prayer is you talking and how much of your prayer is you listening? See, for most of us, it's a lot of talking, and then we say amen, and we go about our, our, our way. 
Matthew in uh, Matthew, Matthew's gospel, Matthew wrote and he recorded for us uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Jesus goes up on the hillside. Lots of people, crowds are following Jesus. They're all there, they sit down, and Jesus spends time teaching them. And he, he's teaching them about all kinds of topics, different kinds of things in, in, in the early part of Matthew's gospel. And uh, he's, he's teaching about Old Testament topics because the New Testament hasn't been written yet. So he's teaching them from the, the law and the prophets. And uh, he's also then sharing how the new covenant or this new way that he is instituting since he's on the earth and what his ministry is going to be about, how it's different than the Old Testament. He doesn't abolish the Old Testament. He doesn't throw it away. He simply completes it and fulfills it. So Jesus says things like this. He would say, you have heard that it is written, or you have heard that it is said, and then he would say, but I tell you. So in doing that, Jesus is saying, this is what the Old Testament says, but this is the completion of it. The Old Testament pointed us to Jesus. Jesus now is going to fulfill the Old Testament, and he's going to clarify for his people what those Old Testament teachings and laws we're pointing to in Christ. And so at the end of chapter 5 in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus is talking about love. This is another one of those things. Jesus says, he says, you know, you, you have heard that it's written eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? Somebody punches you, you punch them back, right? That used to be the Old Testament way, and that's how a lot of us like to still live. Like, you touch me, I'm going to touch you back, right? You say something at me, I'm going to say something. That's how we live, right? Old Testament. Jesus says, but no, no. Now, if somebody slaps you on the right cheek, you give them your left cheek also. If they take your jacket, you, you give them your shirt as well. You know, he, he says, you love, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And so this is a, a huge leap from the Old Testament to this way of love. So Matthew uh, chapter 6 begins... And Jesus is going to talk about a couple other topics. One of them is service and loving others and, and, and giving and all those things. And the other is prayer. And so I want to look at these two things. Okay, these two things. First of all, he says this, Matthew 6, verses 1 to 4. He says, be careful, be careful not to practice your righteousness or your good deeds, your acts of godliness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the street corners to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. That's pretty cool, right? He, he identifies, Jesus identifies what our attitude in giving, serving, and caring for others ought to be. It ought to be humble. It ought to be humble, right? We just 
We humble ourselves and we realize what God has done for us and we humbly serve other people. We don't do it in pride. We don't do it in look at me. We do it very humbly. And our good deeds, our acts of righteousness, he says, are directed toward needy people that are all around us in this world. Needy people need the love of God. God wants to use you to spread his love to them. You do it humbly. The, the, the needy people are the ones that it's directed toward. And then the third thing is in this little section is, is it's kept between you and God. You don't announce it. You don't brag about it. You know, you don't, you don't go, go, go post, posting it on Facebook, the good deed you did. You don't do that kind of stuff. We don't tell everybody about our good deeds. Jesus said, don't do your good deeds in front of others to be seen by them, because if you do, if you do that, and they applaud you, wow, look at you. You're so kind, you're so good, you're so generous. Then that's your reward, right? That is the extent of your reward. You just received your reward by people saying, wow, what a great, great person you are. He said, the hypocrites do this, mainly the Pharisees and the Sadducees, most likely. They do it in the synagogues and they do it on the street corners. And what they're doing is they're looking for the honor and the praise of men. They are looking to be seen by men. So people go, wow, what a religious guy he is. What a real spiritual person he is. And then Jesus goes on to say, and when you pray, when you do your acts of goodness, your, your deeds of righteousness, your, your good deeds toward other people, now he says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen again by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many, many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask for it. So when it comes to serving people, caring about people, helping the needy, shh. Just do it and just keep it between you and God. Leave it there. Just, just leave it right there. And when it comes to prayer, the same attitude applies. The same attitude. Don't be like those hypocrites. They love to go stand on the corner. Think about the temple in the, Old, in the New Testament time period. They like to stand on the corner in their garb, in their robes, in their, in their uh, religious stuff. And they used to uh, pray these big prayers out to God so that everyone could see how spiritual they are. They love to be seen, he says, on the street corners. And then he says, don't be like the pagans. Who are the pagans? The pagans are pretty much anybody who wasn't a Jew. They're called heathen. They were called pagans. They were called Gentiles. Pretty much it's us, okay? If you weren't a Jew back in the day, you were a pagan. But even the pagans, even the heathen, the Gentiles, were striving to have a relationship with God. They were trying to have this 
relationship, prayer life with God. But what they would do is they would just babble. He said, don't babble like the pagans. And the word babble is simply chatter. It's a lot of chatter, just a lot of talk, like a lot of empty, empty words. They think, they think the more words we say, the better off we'll be. Maybe because that's what they saw the Pharisees doing. They thought somehow I got to be like that. So they babble and babble and babble and babble. Jesus says, do not be like this. When you go to pray, when you go to pray, hit the brakes. Just hit the brakes. Slow down. Take a deep breath or two and, and come to listen. You know, get away, spend time with God, and don't go to talk. Go to listen. You do that and it will begin to change your, not just your prayer life, but it will change your life. You will begin in life to learn to slow down and listen to God in life. But if you don't listen to God when you're talking to God, you will never listen to God when you're doing your thing. So it's got to begin in that, in that prayer time that we begin to listen. You know, if you notice in, um, in Matthew 6, a little further, uh, this section about fasting, it's the next little section. He talks about giving to the needy. He talks about prayer. And then he's going to talk about fasting. He says, when you fast, don't look somber like the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men that they're fasting. They want people to know that they're doing this. He said, I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in fast. But when you fast, or in full, when you fast, he says, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So another section about this idea of just be quiet. Just do these things between you and God. Don't do it for the praise of men. Don't do it for those reasons. And so then what, what, what uh, Matthew's doing here is he's giving us some key truths about prayer. Okay, pray to listen. That's what, that's what we're talking about. Pray to listen. Come to listen. Come to be quiet. So here's three things real quick that Matthew is saying to us that we can instantly, instantly put these things into practice in our own life and begin to watch God do some amazing things in our life. And it's 2021, it's New Year, so it's time right now for us to begin this new year, to say like from this day on, 2020, oh my, what a, what a year that was, right? But, but from, from, from that I'm gonna learn. From that, I'm going to realize that I need a deeper walk. I need a deeper relationship with God. And the best way to, to move into that is in my prayer life. If I'm not doing this in my prayer life, it's not going to happen anywhere else. So we're, we're talking very foundational, bottom line, get right with God time. Get right with the Lord time. So here's what he says, three things. The first one is this. Get alone with God. That's, that's a must. We have got to do that. Think about your life over the last year. How many times, how many times did you purposefully say, look, I'm getting away with God today. 
I'm going to spend some time with God. I got 24 hours this day. I'm going to use some of it to sleep. I'm going to use some of it to eat. I'm going to be on the toilet for part of it. And I'm going to be uh, like, I'm, I'm going to be working for part of it. So where am I going to give God? What am I going to give God? He's given me 24 hours. What am I giving him? And you carve out time in your day to get alone with God. Verse six, he says, look, and when you pray, when you pray, now this isn't every time you pray, but when you pray, you gotta do this. Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Go into your room, close the door, and get alone with God, and then your father, who sees what is done in secret, we don't do it for this reason, he will reward you. We don't do it for that. We do it to spend time with God because we want a relationship with God, and we know it's going to take effort on our part. He's there waiting. It's, it, the ball's in our court. Are we going to spend time with God or, or not? Are we going to just rush through another day? Then he says, this is, or, or the truth of that is that this is your prayer closet, right? This is your time where you go away and you go into seclusion for even a brief time, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, whatever it is. You just go and you set aside time to go be with God and you just go be with God, get along with him. You know, Jesus many times withdrew from everyone, went up on a mountaintop, went somewhere away from everyone and he prayed. He just spent time with God. He got alone with God, his father. You know, you and I, we get out, we go on vacation, right? Or at Christmas time, maybe we gather with all our family somewhere. We all come together and we get to see each other and we get excited about that. We see family, we see friends, we go to other places and we love that. But what prayer is, prayer is your alone time with the Lord. Prayer is you saying, you know, in these moments, I'm, it's just going to be me and God. And I'm just going to spend some time with God. And there's no expense to that. It doesn't cost you a dime. You don't have to put gas in your car to spend time with God. You don't have to get a hotel or buy food. You, you just can spend time with God anytime you want. And that's the beauty of it. God allows you to pick it out. He allows you to do it. It's all by your will or not. Right? We got to choose to do this. It's our alone time with God. Remember Jonah? Jonah, God called Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach to the Ninevites to repent and turn to God, right? And Jonah decides he's going to run away. Remember, he runs away. He goes the opposite direction. Do you know what God said? Here's what God said. Jonah, you know what? Jonah, you need some alone time. You need some alone time with me, Jonah. So they pick Jonah up and they heave him out of the boat into the sea. And Jonah gets swallowed by this huge fish. And in the pit of the belly of the fish, Jonah chapter 2, Jonah cries out to God. He finally realizes, I need some alone time with God. I am in the ocean. I'm sinking to the bottom. I just got swallowed by a big fish. And now Jonah's going to pray. And here's what Jonah prays in chapter 2, verse 6. He says, you, God, you brought me my life up from the pit. That's what Jonah prays. God, you brought me up from the pit. Well, you know what? In 2021, I hope and pray that all of us, myself included, will spend more time finding our pit. That place that we can go 
and spend time with God before God has to do something radical in our life. That we will, by our own choice, our own decision, our own will, we'll say, God, I need more time with you. I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to find a quiet place to get alone with you, to listen, and I'm going to just spend time with you. Number two. Number two. Matthew is saying this. In this prayer time, in this time of coming together with God, where you, where you get alone with God and you're going to pray to listen, get quiet and listen. Come, get quiet and listen. Verse 7, Matthew says, or Jesus actually says, Matthew records it, do not keep on babbling. Do not keep on babbling. Get with God and be quiet. And come to listen. Mother Teresa said this, souls of prayer are souls of great silence. Catch that? Souls of prayer, be a soul of prayer, are souls of great silence. They're people who have learned the art of being quiet before the Lord. And I know it's hard to sit and listen. I know it's hard to sit when you, when you try to pray and to be quiet. Your mind wants to wander, I understand. Um, I battle with it, we all do, we're humans. We got a lot going on in this computer of our head. But what we have to do is not run away from it and not give in to it, but learn to, to uh, be disciplined. So try this. Let the scriptures, let the word of God, bring the word of God with you into prayer. And, and if you have a chance to have some quiet worship music playing very quietly, do that as well. It, it helps block out some of the distractions. What it also does is when your mind begins to wander, it gives you something to come back to. So you come back to the word. You read some of the Psalms. You read, you read some of the gospel. And you let the word of God bring you back into the mindset of God. Or you let the music, you let words that you're hearing in the music help direct the direction of your prayer. And it, what it does is it brings you back into a mindset and a heart of prayer where you're searching and seeking God. And when you come back to that spot where you're no longer distracted, get quiet again. Get quiet and just listen. Listen. Let your ears listen. Let your words be shut and let your heart listen to God. Remember, Remember, we're not alone in this. The Holy Spirit, God gave us the Holy Spirit. And what he does is he helps us in this weakness of ours, this human weakness. What he does is he intercedes for us because we don't even know what we should pray when we really get into prayer mode. We can say a lot of things, you know, we could, we could pray about a lot of people and we could pray for our kids and our grandkids and our family and my brothers and my sister and all the people I know and all the people that, that I've worked with and been with. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of things that we could be praying about and, and all those things are good and we should pray about those at some point. But, but we're talking about getting quiet. 
We're talking about learning to be silent before God, letting God speak to us. And we need the Holy Spirit to help us. Look, look, if you know what to say, if you go into prayer and you just know what to say, it's you. This is all you then. This is you. This is all you doing it. But in prayer, if you go into prayer and you don't even know what you should say, in your heart, you just feel this sense of like groaning. That, that not, not, not some weird thing, but that, that it goes beyond words. It goes beyond the physical to where you can really focus on God and just, just let your spirit speak to God. Remember, Paul said in Romans 8, the spirit helps us with wordless groans. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues in a weird way. I'm talking about your heart. Your heart speaking to God in a way that words cannot find. And, and learning to get there. Blocking other things out and going there. Matthew says, do not use vain repetition. Right? That's what religious people do. They keep uttering the same prayers over and over and over and over again, thinking that by their many words, they're going to be heard by God. They're not. Jesus says, don't do that. Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 19 verse 14 says, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. So we use words, the words of my mouth, but also the meditation of my heart, the contemplation of my heart, the deep inward yearning for God deep in my heart. Did you know that God hears? God hears silent prayers. God hears silent prayers. And number three, get, get this, okay? Got to get this. Get this into your mind. One, we're going to get alone with God. That's what Jesus is saying to us, spend time with God, get alone with God. Number two, get quiet, come to listen, not to speak. And number three, in your mind, realize he already knows. He already knows. Verse eight says, for your father knows what you need before you ask for it. He already knows. You're not telling him anything new. Just slow down. Don't just start rattling off stuff. He already knows. He already knows what's in your heart. He wants to go there. He wants to go to your heart, cut through all the stuff, and get to where it really matters. That's what prayer should do. And when we come to listen, we come to get quiet, and we understand that he already knows. We can spend more time listening to God than we do just talking. So that long list of me, 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 just toss it away. You don't need it. God already knows what you want. He already knows what's in your heart. He already knows your needs. He knows everything about you. We can, we get to, we are privileged and honored to approach the throne of God. Jesus has made a way for us to do this. And we can do this with confidence because of Jesus, not in and of ourselves. We don't even, we don't even deserve to say the name God. 
But because of what Jesus has done and his love for you and me, we can now approach the throne of God in prayer without like melting or, or just disintegrating into nothingness. Like we can still be in existence as we approach God on his throne. We do not come like the Babylon pagans or the hypocritical Pharisees that just want to be seen and heard by people. We do not come like that. Rather, we come with reverence and we come with respect and we come to listen because he already knows. He already knows what you need, but he still wants us to come. Don't conclude that it, he already knows what I need, therefore why bother coming to him? He wants to go beyond what you need and what you want. He wants to go to where you are deep within your heart. See, prayer is coming to God. But what we do next when we come to God, when we enter into that moment of prayer, what we do next is so critical. Go slow. Hit the brakes. Don't start babbling and uttering all kinds of stuff. In prayer, we remember that he is God and we are the work of his hands, right? He fashioned us. He made us. We are created beings that he made out of the dirt. Even Abraham understood. He said this, who am I that I should speak to the Lord? I am dust. I am ashes. See, even Abraham, Father Abraham, understood who he was in relationship to God. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 2 says this. We're going to end with this. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven. You are on earth. Let your words be I think Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Solomon, Solomon sums it up for us really well. When we come to the throne of God, we come to be quiet. We come to let our requests be known to God. God wants us to share what's going on in our life and in our heart. He does. But remember, he already knows. So what we should do is spend time and come to listen. Just come to listen. Come to get quiet before God, because when we come to listen, this is what it means for you and I every day living on a prayer. When we are living on a prayer, we are living in prayer. And when we're living in prayer, we're spending time with God, listening to God. Father, we love you so much. And even right now, God, as we pray, we want God to listen. God, we want to hear you. Teach us, Father, how to do this better. Help us to, to take time. God, help us to slow down and take time to get away with you. Spend time with you. To listen, God, to you. Let you speak to our heart and direct our lives. Father, we need you and we love you and we give you thanks for the way that you love us. Have your way, God, in our hearts and in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name.
I hope and pray you'll have a great week. See you next time. Be safe and find that pit. Find that place that you're going to get alone with God, even if it's for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Start small. Build it up. You will be so glad. You'll be so glad this coming year that you began to do this. And then every day or every week, whenever you carve out your time, just do it. God bless. Have a great day.